Hello, everyone, and welcome into this edition of the Sports Detective Podcast. I am your host, James Williams, and today I'm going to talk about Iowa State's shocking loss to Ohio at Ohio and kind of the ramifications about that, the big picture stuff as it pertains to this Iowa State football season. Obviously, I'm an Iowa State alum if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, so I wanted to just kind of talk about this game a little bit, uh, kind of just talk about the big picture stuff of it. But first, I just watched the end of the Kansas State-Missouri game. Kansas State, uh, you know, driving down late. And here's the thing about Missouri, too. I don't think this is as bad of a loss. I don't. I haven't checked what Kansas State fans are saying and how upset they might be about this game because they obviously had high expectations for their, te- their team this year. But Missouri is a really talented team. A lot of these, that's the thing about these SEC teams is even if they're these lower tier teams that, you know, can lose a lot of games or whatever, there's still a lot of like talent, like legit talent on this team. If you remember last year, they were the team other than Ohio State that actually gave Georgia their biggest scare last year. So again, this is a team that's talented and they can play and they're actually pretty good in Columbia. So Kansas State driving late, they end up punting. Missouri does this awesome drive late in the game, very, you know, just kind of weaving their way down the field. They end up getting the ball to the 39-yard line, six seconds left, they spike the ball. Looks like Missouri has a chance to kick a field goal and pull off a major upset and probably want to get one of these signature wins in the Eli Drinkowitz era. But here's what happens. Missouri just kind of has a complete brain fart. And this is just complete incompetence and poor coaching where they get a delay of game after that spike. And it looked like they thought there was a timeout that was called. They did not have any timeouts. That's why they spiked the ball. So they get a delay of game. The that penalty pushes them back to the 44. Now they have to bring out their kicker to try and kick a 61 yarder to win. And it's like, all right, if this doesn't go well and they lose an overtime or there's a miracle kick six or something from Kansas state, uh, Eli Drinkwitz is probably not making it through the end of the season. It'd be my guess, but the kicker makes a miracle kick and Eli Drinkwitz ends up getting one of the signature wins in his tenure at Missouri and you know props to Missouri hopefully they have a good season we're rooting for them um you know if they're not competing against Iowa State I always root for Missouri they're kind of a fun team to root for haven't had as much success in the SEC but we like seeing new up and coming surprising teams you know taking over conferences or not taking over but you know making some noise in some conferences where they haven't been successful in a while so shout out to Missouri I just kind of wanted to point that out where that's a weird thing too like they lose that game you know things could be going completely differently but they win that game and that could completely you know change the course of Missouri's season who knows they might win eight games that SEC East is kind of a kind of suspect in a lot of areas other than Georgia uh but that's enough of the appetizer let's get to the entree Iowa State loses to Ohio it looks like for a while there where Iowa State might get shut out against Ohio and not score any points which would be the first time would have been the first time and only time Matt Campbell got shut out in his like 140 games of being in a FBS head coach. Let's just kind of go through this game. I want to go through the timeline of just Iowa State over the last 12 months because this has been maybe 18 months. This has been kind of like a weird roller coaster that Iowa State has been on. So Come off the 2021 season, a little bit disappointing. Iowa State was ranked to the top 10 to start the season. They win seven games. They lose their bowl game. Brock Purdy leaves for the NFL. Brock Brees Hall leaves for the NFL. Charlie Kohler leaves for the NFL. Mike Rose on defense leaves for the NFL. 
you're losing a lot of pillars and characters that really built this team and built the culture of this team and were staples and, you know, just kind of key members of making Iowa State who they were and, uh, you know, taking them to, what was it, six consecutive bowl games for Iowa State? I think that might be the most in school history. So you're losing all those guys. You're replacing a lot of talent. So it's like, all right, you know, maybe not, you're not expecting to go seven and five, eight and four, nine and three or whatever, but, you know, still expect, hey, Matt Campbell, these teams play close. They play good defense. We know that stuff. Hey, maybe we can just, you know, kind of thrive off culture and get some wins there. 2022 is a weird season. You lose all of those one score games and, you know, had some games there where it's like, hey, Oklahoma State game, that was a weird game. Seven turnovers. Jalen Knoll drops a really big pass late where he could have scored a touchdown. Texas game, Xavier Hutchinson scores, drops a touchdown pass late. They could have won that game. Kansas State was really close. Texas Tech was really close. But they also pull off this miracle win against Iowa. But the offense was so frustrating all year last year. The play calling, as it kind of was in the entire Tom Manning area, where I always describe that era of offense for Iowa State, because you kind of look at the stats and be like, hey, look, look at the stats. Tom Manning, Broyles award list. Let's put him on there. I thought it was always just a lot of like empty calories when you looked at the stats of those Iowa State teams because it just seemed like, you know, in really key decisions and fourth and shorts, like it, like Brock Purdy's awesome in the NFL. I don't remember any game winning drives he had at Iowa State. And he, it's not like he didn't have, you know, Hakeem Butler for a year or he didn't have Xavier Hutchinson for multiple years and he didn't have Charlie Kohler and other awesome running backs like Brees Hall. Um, it, you know, it just seemed like under Tom Manning, a lot of empty calories, a lot of just decision-making stuff and play-calling decisions where it just didn't make sense and it just looked bad. And finally, whether it was Matt Campbell making this decision on his own, whether it was Jamie Pollard uh, kind of saying, hey, Matt, we have to do something here, or just public pressure from the fans or a combination of all three, Iowa State fires their offensive coordinator, Tom Manning, fires their offensive line coach, and fires their strength coach. Replace all of them. They promote Nate Shieldhouse from within to be the OC. They get a uh, offensive line coach from UNI. I don't remember where the um, strength coach is from. I think he was an assistant strength coach somewhere. I can't remember where, so I apologize for that. But you do that stuff. You're like, all right, you know, we still have some talent on this team. A lot of guys are coming back. It was a young team rebuilding after losing that talent. Get some new coaches in there. You know, maybe this can be a little bit of a better season for Iowa State. Well, transfer portable window ends April 30th, which is kind of key here when you lose like five guys from a gambling suspension. So the transfer portal ends April 30th, and then early May is when the uh, word comes out that like, hey, Iowa and Iowa State, you know, football players and athletes are being investigated for gambling, and this could be pretty bad. And then Iowa State all of a sudden from that, Loses starting quarterback, starting running back, both guys that were uh, like Hunter Deckers was this would be his fourth year in Ames. Drill Brock would be his fifth year in Ames. And then you also lose uh, Isaiah Lee, who would have been his he was a transfer, I believe, at one point. It would have been like his third year in Ames. And he was kind of looking to be like an anchor, kind of a sol solid p middle part of that defense for Iowa State. Um, and he's out of there. So those are basically like the biggest and, and uh, Remsburg, who was a uh, kind of a staple of our offensive line. He's also out for a few games. I don't know if we'll even play this season, but he's still with the team. So all of those guys are kicked off the team. So now Iowa State has to 
start a redshirt freshman quarterback. They have to start, you know, a platoon of freshman running backs, which none of them necessarily look that good. I think we've seen like flashes from some of them, but I don't know how confident I am about any of them. Um, and then, you know, the wide receivers were kind of a sore spot last year, and so was the tight ends, and we know that the offensive line was the worst in the conference. So you kind of put all of that combination of stuff together. Now, as we do this as one of our fans, you know, I've had 40-plus people come on my podcast that I've interviewed about their team. When I talk to them in July or August, everyone's positive. Everyone's like, hey, we got our new coaches we got a new head coach. He's got the recruiting thing going. Everything's great. Hunky dory. And then I'll talk to like the Florida fans like four weeks in and they're like, uh, we hate everybody and our team sucks and our coach can't recruit. And it's like, wait a minute, you guys were saying the exact same opposite thing like six weeks ago. What happened? Oh, we lost a few games like, oh, OK. So we're kind of like kind of the beginning. What we were talking about, it's all results based. If if they miss that field goal for Missouri, uh, you know, Eli Drickwood's, you know, things cannot be going well for him in his tenure at Missouri. And Iowa State last year, you're like, hey, if they win some of those close games, you know, Tom Manning still might be the offensive coordinator at, at Iowa State. But that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles. And th- that's kind of the point when I'm talking about the youth of this team is this team's just so young. And it's kind of like this all of a sudden turn into like, Hey, maybe this is the the year we kind of take a step forward post Brock Purdy era. Now we just, it's kind of like we took one step forward, getting new staff in there. And now we took two steps back. The reason I really wanted to talk about this game though, was I'm very concerned about our offensive coordinator. That, that was just a terrible coaching job. And I, again, sometimes with Matt Campbell teams, it's like how much of a say does Matt Campbell have on play calling and decision-making Obviously, he's like, if we're going for it on fourth down, Matt Campbell's making the call. Um, there was a few times on fourth down late in that second half, early in the second half, too. I believe we were past the 50. It was fourth and short. We did this thing this offseason where we implemented a quarterback sneak into the offense, which is a thing that, uh, you know, part of the reason Tom Manning got fired last year was like, there'd be multiple times in close games where like we have Hunter Deckers, who's this big guy. And we didn't know how to hike the ball under center. We just, our players are just incapable of doing that. And we did it a few times today. And every time we did a quarterback sneak with Rocco, who's pretty small, we got the first down. And if we're too afraid to do a quarterback sneak against Ohio on fourth downs, what are we going to do against Oklahoma and Texas and BYU and Kansas and Kansas State? And uh, who else do we play this year? Uh, You know, uh, Oklahoma State. What are we going to do in those games? So I thought that was kind of weird that we didn't make those decisions. We played a little bit conservatively. Because especially, too, in that that last drive uh, where we missed the field goal, which maybe maybe went in. The announcers kind of after that field goal were like, hey, did that go in? But anyway, I, I still think they wouldn't have overturned it if they would have reviewed it. But it's like, I think we should have went for it there. And... uh we have three running backs who are true or two are true freshmen. And one is a redshirt freshman. I think I, did, I looked up the stat. I think they had 13 carries combined and they rushed for 11 yards combined. And we over and over again, we're driving the ball with Iowa State in this game. We'd have a few good pass plays and then let's like, hey, let's run the ball and get negative three yards and screw up this drive. And we kept doing that over and over and over again. And. 
kind of the point with the offense that I want to get here is Rocco Bate looked good. He was like 17 for 24, I think. The two interceptions he threw were not his fault. One, Higgins slipped on a route, and that last interception was one of the weirdest interceptions that I saw where the ball got deflected 10 feet forward and a defensive lineman caught it. And it was, you're just watching that game when you actually let Rocco drop back and pass and scramble and make plays. Like he kind of looked purdy ish to a degree. He kind of I saw a little bit shades of purdy there. Now he obviously isn't as good or dynamic as purdy, but when you actually let him like cook and play well, we actually like had success. Uh, Brommer, who's a true freshman tight end, uh, he made a few good plays. Daniel Jackson, we did Daniel Jackson sighting. Um, it also, another factor of this game, I should mention this way earlier. You start this game, right Right when kickoff happens, the announcers say, hey, we have breaking news. There's like a food poisoning outbreak on the Iowa State bench, and uh, it's affecting Jalen Nolan and Rocco Bate. Now, Rocco played the whole game, and he seemed fine, did not look tired, did not look sluggish. He had an incredible demeanor. They pinned the camera to his parents like a hundred times during that game, but Jalen Noel did not play the entire game. And uh, that was a pretty big loss because Jalen Noel is a very big X factor on this offense. So you had so many just young guys on this offense today and guys that were just inexperienced and didn't play that much. But again, this might be a bright side towards the end of the game when Rocco actually got to make plays and actually got to drop back and throw to his playmakers. Like he scanned the field. A lot of times, like, you know, last week he was very fast throwing the ball out. Like, it seemed like it was, he'd get that hike and then he'd throw it, like, immediately. Like, hike pass. This time, he, this week, he was a little bit more patient, kind of saw things through. And I think if we do that, there's a recipe for success here. And this is the last point I kind of wanted to get onto the offense here with Iowa State. If you look at Iowa State under the Matt Campbell era, so everything kind of shifts in 2018 when Brock Purdy comes in to become the starting quarterback. And that season was kind of like in the middle of the mud there for a while. And then Brock Purdy comes in against Oklahoma State, probably has one of his best statistical games as a Cyclone in his very first, it wasn't even a start because Zeb Nolan did the first drive, but his very first game he played for Iowa State, it was very, very uh, statistically, I think he rushed for like over 100 yards in that game. It was a crazy, crazy game. And Iowa State took off. They ended up going to the Alma Bowl, losing to Washington State that year. Uh, like went seven or one or seven and two with Purdy as the starting quarterback. And then the next year they went seven and five, Camping World Bowl. And then after that, after that season, Brock Purdy's, I think, uh, what would that have been? His junior season, because it would have been Brees Hall's sophomore season. Iowa State completely changed how they ran their offense statistically. Now, you might not be like, hey, what do you mean? They like, didn't do any sort of radical shifts or anything. They went to be a very, very run-heavy offense, and that's because they had Brees Hall. And at times, that was very frustrating because you're like, hey, we have a good quarterback. We understand Brees Hall is amazing, but maybe we throw the ball more because um, we have Brees Hall, excuse me, we have Brock Purdy, and then we have these Charlie Kohler and Xavier Hutchinson. Like, Why, why don't we let Brock Purdy cook a little bit? And if you look at it from Purdy's sophomore year to his junior year, he threw like 100 less passes his junior year. And he only played one uh, less game his junior year because that was the COVID season. So I always kind of like marked that uh, off there. It's kind of like a huh. 
And if you really noticed with Iowa State, and when we're talking about the downfall of Tom Manning at Iowa State, it seemed like over and over and over again, we when we decided to run the ball, it was just very predictable. It was like, hey, we're just going to hand our ball off. It's We're going to get two yards and uh, because our offensive guards cannot block anybody and the defense can always get penetration on us. And that's kind of what happened today. And we just kept doing that over and over again. And kind of like the thing that if you're talking about upside for Iowa State going forward this season, it was okay for us to do that offense when we had David Montgomery that would just break a bunch of tackles. And we had Brees Hall who like in the NFL is one of the top five, like he's one of the top 10 running backs in the world right now. It's okay to run that offense that way when you have that talent to bail you out. Cartavius Norton, Abu Sama, um, Carson Hansen, who like did one, played a few snaps today. He's like the white running back that we have, if you don't know his name. They are not going to the NFL. I'm pretty sure they're not going to the NFL. They're not as good as Dave Montgomery and Brees Hall. So I think the upside, if you're looking at for Iowa State here, is I think they just kind of need to change the identity of the offense. And when you have this worst offensive line in the conference, maybe you don't become a run-first team. Maybe you just kind of let Rocco Bate cook, because he is kind of a gunslinger, and I think if you do that more often, and he's really productive in the pass game, that kind of opens up the run game here. And that was kind of the frustrating part watching this game again today was Every time Rocco threw, like, he didn't throw any bad passes. He might, okay, maybe like one or two, but he was on point with a lot of those passes. That touchdown drive, um, the drive before that where they drove down, he was making smart plays, making good passes. Like, he wasn't missing guys. And I think that's our recipe is we kind of just have to let Rocco cook. And if we do that, I think we have a better shot of winning than we do um, you know, just running the same offense with our bad running backs where we can only get 11 yards on the ground against Ohio. So if I'm looking forward and I'm doing critiques this for the rest of the season, I want Rocco to cook more. I want us to, you know, be a little, you know, offensive analytics in football. It's like, hey, go for it on fourth down. Like if you have one yard to gain statistically, that's pretty good you know you have pretty good odds to just get one yard now i'm not saying quarterback sneak it every time be that predictable i think they could have done it a few times today and gotten it um ooh, i'm watching north carolina and they just drake may just threw a pick uh, uh against minnesota but you know don't be as predictable with that stuff change our offense a little bit like we don't have Brees hall running the ball anymore let's throw it a little bit more let's show off some of this talent that we have benjamin Brommer looked really good Jalen Noah, we know, is really good. Higgins is a pretty good player, the, the transfer we got from Eastern Kentucky. And I know we have some other talent at our receiver positions. So, you know, kind of how we counteract a poor offensive line, we throw the ball a little bit more and, you know, do it quick, get guys in motion. Again, is this a thing because we have so many young guys that we can't expand our playbook that much? Because a lot of these guys are just now learning the offense. And um, our offensive coordinator is still young and he's, you know, learning how to be an offensive coordinator. I think this is going to be a rough season. Um, I'm not losing hope yet. But again, we just kind of want to see improvement here. And the people that want Matt Campbell fired, first off, you're stupid. Two, 
you kind of look at this, uh, you know, if I'm doing the big picture thing here, because first off, Campbell's not getting fired after the season. I think if he, even if he does bad next year, um, that's where he starts getting on the hot seat next year. Because you looked at it, Paul Rhodes had three consecutive uh, no bowl seasons and then he was fired. Uh, if Matt Campbell doesn't do it next year, that'd be three consecutive no bowl seasons and he'd get fired. Now, now Paul Rhodes also won three games, two games, then three games, I think. Matt Campbell won four games last year. Um, there's a chance that, um, hold on, I'm going to take a drink of water. Like, I'd be shocked this year if Iowa State only wins like one or two games. I, th- I think we're going to win a few Big 12 games. But uh, I know that sounds ridiculous right now, but I, I just think we're our defense is going to keep us in enough games. And if our offense can just kind of better execute, like, again, I don't think Rocco Bait is bad. I don't think our running backs are bad. I think we kind of just need to learn the offense a little bit more, become a little bit less predictable and like, you know, maybe put our nuts on the table sometimes on a fourth down and go for it. You know, like, like what, what, you know, if you're rooting for your team, whether it's Iowa state or anybody else, and the other team is going for it on fourth and short and they go out there in formation, you kind of get like, you know, you tense up a little bit. You're like, Oh, I wish they would punt it. I really wish they would punt it. Now, depending on the team, there's some teams where it's like, Oh, I know they're not going to get it, but you know, let's be a little risky. Let's go for it. Like, what what are we waiting around for? I think if we were a little bit riskier today. And again, those two fourth and shorts that I said that we had, that we kicked a field goal, missed it, and then punted it uh, early in the second half. I think if we would have went for it there, whether it's the QB sneak or just a short little throw to Brahmer or something, like, I think we would have gotten it. I re- at least one of those two. And again, if you do that, who knows, you know, the, the entire you know, uh, mode of the game, the, you know, the way the game flows could have shifted after those things. So uh, I want us to see us change our offensive philosophy. I want to see some of these young guys improve. Again, our team is so young. We, we are so young. Our best playmakers are on offense or redshirt freshman quarterback. Uh, every running back we have is a freshman. Every running back. Two true freshmen had attempts today, and Cartavius uh, Norton's a redshirt freshman. Brahmer, our, t- our best tight end, at least in the passing game, uh, true freshman. Jalen Knoll is a junior, didn't play today again. Uh, he's still pretty young. And I mean, we had Daniel Jackson sighting again, but he- he's a junior. Aiden Bitter, you know, he caught a few passes. He's still kind of young. He's a junior. Uh, I want to see our young guys improve. Again, you know, Sh- Shieldhouse, third game being an offensive coordinator. You have to hope that he improves. I, I thought he was terrible today, and I'm going to be completely honest about that. But if you're going into the, again, sorry, I kind of went on a little tangent there. If you're going to the big picture thing with Campbell, and it's like if he does, if this doesn't work out with him at Iowa State, it's this decision to make Shieldhouse the offensive coordinator because he promoted him from within. I kind of thought it was a fishy hire because like people are like, oh, everyone loves him. And it's like, he's the wide receiver coach. And look at Xavier Hutchinson. And I was like, there's like, look at Xavier Hutchinson, Jalen Noel. And it was like, um, doesn't every other wide receiver just really bad on the team? Like, <laughs> like every other wide receiver sucks. So are we just giving him credit for the good wide receivers and we're absolving him from blame on like everyone else that is like terrible? Now, again, we did have a Jan- Daniel Jackson sighting today, which was nice to see. Um, so maybe Shieldhouse was a little bit better wide receiver coach than I gave him credit for. But, you know, the reason I bring that up, fires Tom Manning, who's a close personal friend of his, 
you could have went and gotten like I, I think Iowa State would have went would have been okay with going out somewhere and or uh, Pollard would have been okay going out somewhere and you know snagging somebody from a good G five team and be like hey come over here and run that stuff here. That's what a lot of like again following the sport like I do. That's what a lot of teams do is they're like oh okay like Michigan has a problem with their offense like uh, you know we're gonna steal uh somebody's coordinator that's at a smaller power five school that can't afford to like pay him what we're gonna pay my dog just jumped up on my lap um or like you know ohio state they're like hey our defense sucks we're gonna steal jim Knowles from oklahoma state and you know iowa state could have done that in a smaller level from like a, a g5 school and they decide not to do it and go with shield house and so far you know three games in i'm not that convinced that our offense is too much better again a lot of young players offensive line still sucks uh give him more time to learn give him more time to recruit talent onto this team but yeah that's gonna kind of do it for my podcast today uh i'm a little bit more optimistic than maybe a lot of people are because i thought rocco like i don't think our team is untalented offensively i think we were our coach you know, just didn't make the right play calls. I think we didn't go for it on fourth down a few times when we should. My dog's being kind of squirrely, so I'm going to go here in a second. But again, I thought Rocco was good. I thought he was really good today. Could he have been better? Of course. But his throws were always on point. He was, when you gave him a chance to make plays, he made plays. He scrambled a few times and was good. He, uh, you know, had made some tough throws too. Uh, and I think if you just let, like, that's that's going to be basically the theme of this, is let Rocco cook. If we let Rocco cook, I feel more optimistic about us winning more than, like, one game this year. So, there you have it. Iowa State loses that tough game to Ohio at Ohio, hoping that they can, uh, you know, make things better uh, going forward with this season. And uh, I have to go before my dog chews this cord that is uh connected to my computer that's connected to my audio interface so there you have it i'm going to be doing hopefully back to doing some college football it's probably going to be more solo stuff because fall september my work schedule kind of picks up so scheduling guests gets a little bit harder um probably october i'll have guests again but i'm hoping to do a solo kind of week four preview hundred dollar bets did not go well for me it did not go well don't chew on that please uh so we might do something like that, maybe some sort of bet thing, but like less bets because it's kind of hard to like, you know, the more bets that you put, it's kind of like when you disperse it to like 10 bets, it opens you up for like a worse week versus just doing like five solid bets. So if I do something like that again, I will do like five bets, not like 12 or whatever I did the last time. So uh, there you have it. Uh, please go rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get podcasts. And as always, guys, I will see you next time.